This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. MC, rapper, and poet Omar Effendum is here. Oh my God, Omar Effendum is here. Oh my God, watch out, here comes Effendum. Oh my God, Omar Effendum. The track you're listening to is Oh Marvelous. In it, like in most of his music, the Syrian-American rapper from New York City flows effortlessly between English and Arabic lyrics, between poetry and hip-hop, and between exploring history and tackling present-day issues. Omar Effendum performed his show Little Syria to sold-out crowds at the Old Town School of Folk Music last month. He was accompanied by DJ Thanks Joey and Chicago-born multi-instrumentalist Ronnie Malley, who's a master on the oud. We love this interview so much that we wanted to share it with you here on the podcast again, as started the interview by asking Omar about his favorite MCs and rappers growing up. Yeah, so, I mean, first and foremost, thank you for even putting me in a category with uh, MCs like uh, Yassine Bey and Common, you know, shout-outs to Common from here in the one and only Absolutely. Windy City. Um, you know, personally, for me, I think the, the quote that you're referring to, the old school battles, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to build bridges between hip-hop culture and the incredible uh, world of Arabic poetry that exists uh, and has existed for, you know, arguably 2,000 years. Cultures that are rooted in lyricism and in poetry and who understand the importance of uh, poets representing, you know, their communities, their neighborhoods, their tribes publicly, mm-hmm. um, you know, being the ones who, when, uh, in the case of, you know, Bedouin poets, uh, when an encampment would have to be left or a town, you know, whether it was because of famine or there was a war, what have you, they would always send a poet to stand up and deliver a message uh, honoring that place and honoring the memories that oh, you're had, taking us you know, back. had existed there. Yeah. yeah. And so... That's what we're doing with Little Syria. So I just, I, I love drawing inspiration and building connections between the cultures. And most importantly, I just want to say that, you know, hip hop is firmly rooted in the African-American, you know, experience. And I feel as an immigrant, in many ways, as like a, a guest to this culture, I feel so honored and so fortunate to be able to to bring, you know, and infuse this beautiful culture with elements of my own, my yeah. own family, my own heritage, my own background. So... That's Little Syria in, in a bit of a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you meet Ronnie and Joey? Oh, man. My brothers, my beloved brothers. So, you know, I first met Ronnie here in Chicago back in probably 2017. We had an event at Northwestern. Uh, it was like an Arabic language conference, I believe. And we were showing teachers who taught Arabic uh, in, in high schools uh, and in universities across uh, the Chicagoland area, uh, just different creative ways to incorporate Arabic in the classroom. And so in my case, it was through, you know, again, poetry and, and rap music. So, you know, I'm approaching it from that angle, getting young people in high schools here excited. Shout outs to Limblum Math and Science Academy, actually, yeah. because this school is, it has this Arabic program that it's had for years. Shout outs to Fadi Abu Ghosh. You go to this school on the south side, this magnet school with, you know, predominantly black and Latino kids who are learning Arabic and Mandarin. 
Love it. And it's just mind blowing. And, you know, at that event, I met Ronnie and I saw him doing a similar thing with Arabic music. Um, and, and we just hit it off from there. And Joey, I've known, you know, same thing probably since around then. Loved his beats, loved the, art, the artists he's been working with. Mm-hmm. Everyone's nodding. I think you're telling a true yeah, story here. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and then ultimately I had this opportunity when I became a Kennedy Center Citizen Artist Fellow 2018, 2019 to explore, you know, a, a creative endeavor that I might have wanted to realize for a while. And for me, this has been something that I've had in my mind since as long as I can remember, because yeah. my mother's poetry books literally laid the foundation for uh, my, my life's work and for this project. Um, and so, you know, I ultimately decided to start telling the story in this way that was, you know, a result of all of the experiences that I'd had as a performer and the performance style that I was evolving and incorporating yeah. rap and poetic storytelling and ultimately oud music with Ronnie and piano as well. And of course, the beats. Uh, and Joey's Joey's Syrian American. He makes beats. He samples. You know, he's from that era. And yeah, Joey, and you, you, you've actually collaborated with each other quite a bit. I mean, including, of course, on the song that we just heard at the top. Oh, Marvelous. That's right. What would you say your partnership is like? Man, one of my favorite people to work with is Omar. Uh, just because we have we come from, you know, we're both Syrian. He's, but you're from Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, originally from Brooklyn. I mean, listen, I've never, I've never been to, I've never been to Syria myself. Um, but you know, my parents are are immigrants. They they immigrated from uh, Damascus to Brooklyn uh, in the '70s and '80s. And um, my grandfather, who came in the late '60s, is a uh, master oud player himself. And so he was recording and cutting records. Uh, in New York in the 70s. And um, it's really interesting to see every time I, I go to a different city, I always try to go record shopping to see if I could find one of his records in the bins. <laughs> Yusuf Kassab, the legendary Yusuf Kassab. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so just, just just having that similar background, being coming sure. from the same places, uh, even with Ronnie too, just being able to like speak the same language, you know, understand each other in that way and yeah. understand the music that we grew up listening to, you know, like Arabic music is, is like our foundation, right? It was yeah. like the first thing. It's the first thing that I played for my son when he was born last year. Well, we mentioned the Oud a few times. I, I got to go to you, yes. Ronnie, because <laughs> I mean, you play the heck out of oh, that yeah. Oud. It, it's a very Middle Eastern instrument. For those who aren't familiar, describe it for us. Sure. Uh, El Oud is kind of like a pear-shaped, half-watermelon-looking uh, wooden instrument. <laughs> I was like, it's instrument. a funky-looking guitar? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, but it's the predecessor to it. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a very brief history. In This is an instrument that shapes like it existed probably two, 3,000 years ago, anywhere from Mesopotamia all the way to Egypt. Uh, but the shape that you see it today took, uh, was about the 9th century. So we're talking about 1,100, 1,200 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Mesopotamia, current Iraq... Uh, modern-day Iraq, mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of Ziryab took this instrument to Cordoba, Spain. And El Oud, which is the article El, El Oud, which means wood or twig in Arabic, eventually became the European lute. And the word lute comes from El Oud. And so this instrument, uh, it's kind of like the predecessor of a guitar. It's got a neck, nylon strings, which used to be back in the day, probably like gut strings or silk strings. And it kind of laid the foundation for the uh, the guitar. Well... With that in mind, we did ask you all to perform some of Little Syria for us here in studio today. So, Omar, what are you starting with? Ah, this is one of my favorite songs in the show. It's called Peddling Dervish. And, you know, the archetype of the peddler, you know, for, for Syrians and for so many immigrants here in this country is something that I think, like, is really symbolic. Uh, and, you know, it's that sort of rags to riches thing that a lot of people talk about. But, you know, the Arab 
immigrants who came to this country in particular were very heavily associated with it. And、mm. it sometimes had this negative association, even though it was perfectly legal and perfectly legitimate way to make a living. Some people even worked their way through medical school, you know, as peddlers. And I think about it in relation to me as a poet traveling this country, singing my sweet song, talk, you know, talking to musicians, troubadours. And so, you know, there's a lot of parallels there. It's called Peddling Dervish, and it's a banger. So here it goes. Daddy was a mountain man, so naturally he was elevated. But poor me, I'm just an urban son. Alas, to the streets I have been relegated, peddling till I level up to the ecstatic heights of a nebula. Dervish of the dollar, serving the Almighty Treasurer, measurer of scales, alchemist of sales, circling around these city blocks with a box full of pretty socks and silver spoons, spinning tales to upper class women, make 'em swoon. Cop coming, gotta duck and pass from 'em or I'm doomed. This is my life, street peddler highlights, and as a result, better than most is my eyesight. Learning the most from mistakes in hindsight, making a promise that my progenies is better than my life. Said it's better than my life, better than my life. So that one day they can wake up and say. Yeah, we live a high life. That cardamom shy life. Early in the morning, just trying to provide life for the family. Whatever it'll take. Silk bag by the waist, pedal trinkets by the case. When Masadi's to be made, nothing is too far for a shammy. Lots of directions all over the states. Watch the connection, so I don't gotta pay full price for the jammy. As long as I am able to put rice and lamb shanks on the table, give thanks. Putting cousins on my payroll till banks know my name. Speaking into existence, what my ancestors dreamed of glimpsed in near extinction scenes of crimson. All they knew. Now descendants teem with riches, posing for pictures. All the glow of fortunate few who learn to touch the sky high. Hands up, catching blessings like the dervish do. Yeah, say world, world, world. Uh, say dance, dance, dance. Yeah, say saw, saw, saw. Say hi, hi, hi. I said hi, hi, hi. Hey Omar, are you higher than your neighbors? Higher than them all. Are we higher than the haters? Higher than them all. Are we higher than the raiders? Higher than them all. In the last crusaders. Higher than them all. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, I'm peaking. Work for myself, no meetings to be in. Eat when I please, no bosses who creep in. I frequent the parlors on nights, the weekend. He smokes, she smokes. Packages a hunch. Bespoke tree smoke. Pistachios, my pastiche green with a Fendi envy. Evil eye fiends of frenzy. Thirst is a hell of a curse, man. Family first, new friends come lastly. I'm frugal. Most blokes don't know it when they pass me, but this village is depending on this poetic savvy. So I charge a pretty penny, man. You can't just have these capis. Habib, this ain't no free speech. My dreams are rich, Halini Aish. I got teams to teach. Dur, 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 dur. Ha! Say world, world, world. That's right. Say dance, dance, dance. Now say so, so, so. Say ha, ha, ha. I said ha, ha, ha. Glass half full, plus another cup. 
Pass that fool. Full suit just a button up, baby. So, Omar, your work and your music, it's taking you to a lot of places, right? Mm. Uh, but one of the most interesting is that you, you took a residency at the World Cup. I've got to hear more about this. What's the story <laughs> there? And what does an artist in residence do at the World Cup? Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, the World Cup was in, in Doha, in Qatar. And uh, there's an organization based uh, in D.C. Uh, called Qatar Foundation International that I've been working with for well over a decade. And they are actually the organization that is responsible for getting that Arabic language program in Limblom and a, a bunch of other places. So through that work and then ultimately visiting Doha, performing at festivals there over the last however many years, I've built relationships there that um, in time turned into this, this wonderful invitation to perform. And I think what the, one of the unique things about this opportunity was that while uh, you know, FIFA comes to your city and they kind of take over and they bring all the artists and the sponsors and everything, Qatar and the Qatar Foundation, they wanted control of the performances and they wanted to make sure that the cultures from the nations that were coming to perform there were represented well. And you know, in that way, uh, us being the kinds of artists that we are, representing the diaspora through language, through music, mm-hmm. um, being, you know, as authentic and true to it as we can be, uh, were one of the people that they wanted to showcase. They also had like a, a 50-person uh, blind orchestra from South Korea. They had drum ensembles from, you know, different West African countries. And it was just an incredible experience to perform before and after the match. And it was the first time I'd actually ever been in a situation, any of us, where the outcome of the match dictated the temperament of the audience when you're performing. <laughs> and there was a lot of upsets. Uh, I mean, I could see that being a thing. It was a thing. For it sure. was a learning curve, but it was beautiful. And I think, you know, after that, it, it's just been solidified. Like, nice. I think what we do is really special. And we were able to show that to people from all over the world. It was a very organized, very family-friendly, beautiful experience. More rep- More representation from Asia and Africa than it ever been at the World Cup. And I think that was that was really remarkable. So, mm-hmm. I mean, something cool listening to you all play and, and, and listening to you rhyme, Omar. I just love how you smoothly just go back and forth between yeah. Arabic and English. Thank you. I don't speak Arabic. Mm. I don't understand it. But I didn't feel like it was required in order for me to get your music. Thank you. I think it's, you know, when I watch you guys perform, I'm hearing the oud, I'm hearing, you know, all the elements coming together. Mm. I feel every word, the lyrics, your hand, your movements, your delivery, Mm. all of that. That's the goal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's really important for people to know that while Little Syria is, you know, our attempt at representing our communities here in this country as best as we can and being as authentic as we can, it is absolutely 100 percent accessible to everybody. Yeah. If you love rap, if you love theater, if you love poetry, if you love live music, if you love beats, if you love visuals and a fun show, if you love history, all those things. Come see Little Syria. Come see Little Syria. (laughs) Ronnie, I mean, what's it like for you bringing this music to the world? Um, you know, I'm al- I've always been a history buff and uh, finding ways to showcase that our culture, our backgrounds as Arab Americans have been a part of the American fabric for a very long time. Uh, my family actually came to Chicago as far back as 1893, the Chicago World's Fair. That's right. This is your hometown. This is my hometown. I mean, some of my family who came from Betunia, Palestine, um, helped make this town, actually. Served on things from councils to uh, being teachers, wow. lawyers, you know, professionals. We've been part of the fabric of this uh, society for a very long time, particularly Chicago. But uh, we never lost our culture, our tie to our culture, our language. Music was always a portal. My father is a musician, and Mm -hmm. uh, he really made sure that um, 
he, he allowed us to really become very American and to really absorb all of that, but also not to forget your roots. You know, you need to... What's the old saying? You need to uh, know where you come from to know where you're going. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. I mean, and Joey, you're you're producing these beats. I got to know more about that process. What's that like for me? Just being able to tap into the music on, in the sample side, right? Yeah, I mean, so, you like, talked about how you've been hearing this music ever since you were a child. Since I was a kid, you know, just probably some of the first stuff I've ever listened to, you know, just as a baby. But um, to be able to explore the repertoire, like all of this stuff that we grew up listening to and stuff that we've probably never even heard in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff that's like, even when we first started this project, we tapped into the, some of the music that was actually being recorded in little Syria at the time. So records from like the 1910s, the 1920s, 1930s and forties, uh, which sound really, um, like the quality sounds horrible cause it's just so old. Oh really? Um, but we were able to take some of those pieces and flip them and, you know, recontextualize them mm-hmm. you yeah. know what i'm saying so like take them and bring them into today into you know our world um and kind of bridge that gap and that's that's something that's really special and i, I yeah. really love about this project so i want to talk about the show we've mentioned little serious so much we got to get into it omar so you're you've performed in multiple cities including tonight at the old town school of folk music it's it's a very theatrical kind of performance i think when everyone experiences mm-hmm. this live it's like okay i'm i'm transported i'm yeah. taken somewhere which is which i love right um so talk a bit about uh, the origin of, of this. I know your show typically focused on Little Syria in Manhattan, but the Chicago show is a little different. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone will be a little different when we take it from city to city. Uh, what we've essentially been able to do is, you know, build a mechanism within the show for, you know, local storytelling. Uh, we have a tradition in, in Damascus and in other, you know, uh, Arabic-speaking cities of the Hakawati, which is like the storyteller, the orator, the griot. People mm-hmm. go to a cafe. He's usually he or she is sitting up on an elevated uh, platform on a chair, and they've got this big book in front of them, and they're reciting verses, poetic verses, parables, uh, lessons that have, you know, to do with the, the issues the community's facing. It's in real time. You have this real community building through art and through poetry. So I wanted to, to bring that experience here, and I wanted to also situate it within this neighborhood experience uh, of, of little Syria that, you know, no longer exists. Mm. There are moments in this show where you hear, you know, newspaper headlines from like the 1890s that sound as if they were from 2023, sadly. Syrians must go back. We do not want Syrians anymore. Syrians must be deported. No more refugees, no more Arabs. And so this has been going on uh, for so long, and I think... Again, with art, with poetry, with music, with storytelling, you can just break down these these misconceptions and, and really shed a light on, on what it's really like. And yeah. so when it comes to Chicago, I mean, we've got some stories. There's some amazing things that happen here uh, related to specifically the Chicago World's Fair. But then and you weave it all in. The, com- mm-hmm. the community, we do. And, and ultimately, really, it's like, even if it were only about New York, it's still about, you know, every immigrant experience, every Arab American experience, every diaspora experience. Like I said, there's something in it for everybody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie, what do you want the audience to learn or experience long after the show? Just piggybacking off what Omar just said. What, what's the takeaway? The takeaway for me, you know, is uh, go read about this history. We're not just making this up. Like, these are omitted histories that I think now is the time for many cultures, many people from different cultures, to realize that, you know, your history has not been told. The true African-American experience has not been told. The true Latino experience has not been told. The refugee experience, diaspora experience. And I think that the more people realize, like, 
we didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. We didn't. This wasn't a vacuum that we just filled. We've been part and parcel of the fabric and the creation of the society that we know today as America. So the takeaway is, go go read about this history. Go learn about these omitted histories, because I sure did not learn about it in public school here. <laughs> <laughs> sure didn't. Well, we'll leave it there. MC and poet Omar Offendum. Also, we've been speaking with fellow collaborators DJ Thanks Joey and Chicago-based multi-instrumentalist Ronnie Malley. Now, they're going to be performing their sold-out show Little Syria tonight and tomorrow night at the Old Town School of Folk Music. Thank you all so much for stopping by. It's been such a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. you so much for having us. Now, before we let you go, I mean, we've got to hear some more from the show, right, Omar? <laughs> You're smiling. I understand. This one's your closer. This is the closer. This is the title track in many ways, and it's like uh, the Cliff Notes version of the show. <laughs> Let's hear it. This episode of Reset was produced by Maha Ahmed and Ethan Schwab, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. If you ever missed one of the great interviews with musicians from across the world or right here in Chicago, don't worry. You can subscribe to our podcast and find an archive of all our music episodes. That'll do it for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sammy Mom say, a little cereal may go a really long way. Never the wrong way. Brooklyn a Fort Lee. Got him dreaming of butt level whenever the song plays. Say, hey, I'ma live long day. Sudger on the griddle, we simmer and saute. In need in the skillet if we need a flambe. Man at each hashish any given Sunday. Hey, hey. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.